0: Father thank you for the opportunity about to come together to share together to be together and to be in your presence father just pray that this morning that lord it would be you that speaks to each one of us and that father that each one of us would leave this place knowing that we've heard from you father just ask it in your name amen so the chapter we're going to look at this morning is about it's luke it's the crippled woman Um, Jesus heals the crippled woman, on a Sabbath. So this is taken from Luke 13, 10 to 17. On a Sabbath, Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues and a woman was there who had been crippled by a spirit for 18 years. She was bent over and could not straighten up at all. When Jesus saw her, he called her forward and said to her, Woman, you are set free from your infirmity. And he put out his hands on her, and immediately she straightened up and praised God. Indignant because Jesus healed on the Sabbath, the synagogue leaders said to the people, there are six days of work, so come and be healed on those days, not on the Sabbath. The Lord answers him, you hypocrites, doesn't each, each of you on the Sabbath untie your ox or donkey from the stall and lead it out to give it water? Then should not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, who Satan has kept bound for 18 years long, be set free on the Sabbath day from what bound her? When he said this, all his opponents were humiliated, but the people were delighted with all the wonderful things he was doing. Before we look at the passage a bit more, I just want to look at Luke. Let's look at the context of the story it's been told. So Luke's Gospel is one of the longest Gospels, and it contains more teachings than any other Gospels. In it, there are 20 miracles, of which this is one of them. The Gospel of Luke places the highest regard for good character, regardless of race or nationality. In fact, he specifically targets those that are outside the Jewish tradition, such as the social outsiders, the Samaritans, the tax collectors, and those with low social status, such as disabled people, women, children, and elderly. He's going way beyond what was expected. Luke is especially good news for the downtrodden, the outcasts, the poor, the women, the children, and it expands the circle of those who can be part of God's healing and restoration. It's not fixed to one little group of people. And he also challenges religious leaders and rejects the religious piety of the day. Chapters 9 to 19 focuses on the journey to Jerusalem. So we've just all talked about the different journeys we've been on, whether they were good or whether they were bad, but all memorable for some reason. Jesus knew where he was going, and the purpose of his journey was to die on a cross. But he didn't shirk from that. He persisted with the journey, and made time for the disciples, he discipled them and he healed people on the way. He teaches his disciples about prayer, wealth, possessions, generosity, and the trusting of God's provision. Jesus' invitation is open to every one of us to join with him on the journey. So, regardless of where we're from, so whether we've had a poor upbringing, or we've had lots of money whether we're from an ethnic background, whether we're from another country, it doesn't matter what status we are. We're all accepted. This story is for everybody. This journey is for each one of us. It's not how good we are. It's how we're accepting Jesus and his help and how much better and healthier we can be with him. It's not what we do with our own. By ourselves it's not we don't come perfect to Jesus we're very imperfect so we need to journey along with him now you may have been on that journey for a long time you might have known Jesus for a very long time you might be a newbie on that journey or perhaps you're not even on a place where you'd actually say you're on a journey with God but no matter where you are, we're on a journey of life, which one day will end. Life brings many challenges, difficult situations, and maybe traumatic from from childhood, bereavements of close friends and families, maybe having to flee a home, debt, addictions. There can be many things which leaves us bruised, battered, disappointed, feeling negative and lacking in hope and at times it can break us. How many times have you heard the saying, the straw that broke the camel's back? Have you ever been there? I was listening to someone's testimony the other day, and she said she'd been doing good things all her life. She'd been brought up to do that. That's what she'd been brought up to do. She was overworking and not resting for years. Then one day... The thing that tipped her over the edge was that she couldn't think, she was in the kitchen and she couldn't think what to cook for the tea for her family. And she just broke there and then. And she got to her bed and she didn't get out of it for three months. Because she was broken. She took a long time to heal. But in that brokenness has now gone on to bless many others by setting up mental health cafes and a prayer space, and a strapline is, it's okay not to be okay. It's okay not to be okay. The definition of health by the World Health Organization is a state of complete physical, mental, and social well-being and not merely the absence of disease or infirmity. Its aim is to look at the whole person. But there's one thing that's missing, and that's the spiritual aspect of it. The word spirit is derived from the Latin word spiritus, meaning breathe, courage, vigor, or soul. The word spiriae means to breathe. There are five characteristics of spiritually included within this. So there's value, there's meaning, value, transcendence, which means the experience beyond the normal or the physical, so outside there. Connecting, so connecting with oneself, connecting with God, connecting with the environment and becoming. So the growth and progress in life. In a paper published in the Journal of Medical Ethics and History of Medicine, the authors say spiritual health is extremely important for many researchers to the extent that it's seen as one of the key aspects of health. According to numerous studies conducted on various patients, spiritual health leads to improved mental health and is positively related to physical health. For instance, it may help patients experience lesser pain. So it's really interesting that clinicians now acknowledge the impact that spiritual health can have on a person's physical health and well-being. There's a term called the clinical iceberg. An this was developed by a clinician about 50 years ago, and it was just to describe um, diseases or, um, that, that aren't reported. So if you can imagine an iceberg, you always just see the top of the iceberg, and underneath, there's masses of an iceberg. So basically, who's demonstrating that only about 10% of illness is reported, reporter, whilst the remainder are hidden. Pauline, can you show the, slides, the second slide, please? Thank you. You can't really see it very clearly, but basically this is a, a slide which shows... Statistics of um, MIND, a mental health organisation, in 2009. And at the top of the iceberg, it's showing about 2 million people are treated for mental health issues. But it's estimated that it's another 14 million that don't receive treatment. That's a phenomenal amount of people that either aren't presenting or can't get help or don't know what their problem is. That's huge. So how many of us are like that? How many of us... Of the 90%. So we need to acknowledge that we need help, not to keep going in our own strength and ignoring our pain. If we don't address what needs addressing, then we internalize things and it becomes unhealthy. And it can also come out of us in an unhealthy way. We can come, become bitter or affected by mental health issues which not only affects us, but also has a negative impact on those around us. There are verses in the Bible which acknowledges this. So Psalm 32, verse 3. When I kept it all inside, my bones turned to powder. My words became day-long groans. How many of you felt like that? Proverbs 18:14: A healthy spirit conquers adversity, But what can you do when the spirit is crushed? Being broken isn't where anyone of us wants to be. It's not somewhere you go, oh yeah, that's please, I'll go there. It's a difficult place. But there are times in our lives when we need to stop. We need to listen to ourselves. We need to come to the cross. We need to have healing and we need to be restored. It's in these times that we learn, and through our healing, we can bless others. So going back to that story, that testimony, about those mental health prayer spaces that have been developed through somebody's brokenness. Now, don't get me wrong. We don't want to all go back to going, oh, I'm broken. We don't need to spend all our time looking for problems or digging up the past, or being a slave to our past. But we do need to acknowledge when we need healing. There needs to be a balance. Are we striving for perfection in our own strength? When actually, our perfection will come through acknowledging our brokenness and our weakness and coming to the cross and receiving healing. In Ecclesiastes, it says that there's a time for everything. There's a time to tear down and a time to build. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to scatter stones and a time to gather them. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to search and a time to give up. A time to keep and a time to throw away. A time to tear and a time to mend. A time to be silent and a time to speak. But do we feel safe in sharing our brokenness? Are there people around us that we would feel safe to share our real inner thoughts and our concerns and our emotions and things that are breaking us inside. If we're about to make ourselves vulnerable, can we trust those persons around us? And are we willing to come alongside and journey with someone and to support them in their brokenness? In general, the British are pretty reserved. Um, when you compare Americans and the British, they're really quite different, aren't they, in, in how we present ourselves and what we say. We don't tend to go around sharing our deepest feelings with one another, particularly older generations. My dad was a case in point. He found it really difficult to talk about his feelings and, and just generally didn't. So emotionally, it was really difficult to support him when he was sick with cancer. But it wasn't really his fault. He was a product of his generation. People just didn't talk about their feelings. So it was difficult for him to, to express his feelings even. I often wonder how soldiers who lived with shell shock, or now called PTSD, you know, survived after the First World War. The mental health issues weren't really acknowledged or really understood. Imagine the isolation, the fear, the hurt, the ongoing relentlessness of their condition because it wasn't understood. A 100 years on, we're in a much better place. We're in a place where we can actually express our feelings and there is an understanding about mental health and the impact that it can have on our health. In our story in Luke, the woman was bent over and crippled by a spirit for 18 years. It's been suggested um, that she had ankylosing spondylitis, not sure if I said that right, a chronic long term condition which affects the spine and where other areas of the body become inflamed. The passage says that the spiritual condition was caused by her physical condition, but Jesus noticed her she must have been bent right over like this and if there was a crowd would would he have would others have you know stood in front of her saying she wasn't important i suspect so she was a woman she was disabled she wouldn't have had first line view probably of jesus but jesus noticed her he noticed the pain that she was in and he stretched out his hands and he healed her In Kingsway, are we ready for people to be open and share their real selves? I think as a church, generally we're accepting and welcoming. You know, we have great stewards and welcomers, we have a tea and coffee, and we have welcoming smiles. But are we really ready to come alongside a broken world? It's a changing world, and there are lots of views and beliefs which we may feel we can't support. But are we ready to put aside our preconceived ideas and allow Jesus to work and heal? Jesus went in and he spoke to the undesirables. He didn't ostracize them. He made a point of going to be with them. Or are we like the Pharisees in the passage that were too concerned that healing had been done on the Sabbath? I just want to use an example, an experience of mine here in Kingsway. During the Brexit referen- referendum, sorry to mention the B word, I chose to vote to remain. But it's not something I felt comfortable with telling the majority of people in Kingsway about, because I'd felt there'd been a lot of pressure to vote another way. I actually felt like a real outsider for voting a different way, and as a result, I nearly left Kingsway. And I know I wasn't the only one. I know the referendum called a lot of divisions nationally. So I'm not using this as an example to condemn at all. But to really say, are we really ready to allow people to be honest? To allow them to share their real thoughts and views, which may not be what we want to hear. Because it doesn't fit With our nice version of Christianity? Are we really ready to journey alongside those whose views or lifestyles we don't agree with? And if you come to talk to me about Brexit, you've missed the point. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus came to condemn, not to condemn, but to heal and restore. I just want to read this out. So this is John 8, 1-11, and a woman caught in adultery. Jesus returned to the Mount of Olives, but early the next morning he was back again at the temple. A crowd soon gathered, and he was sat down and taught them. As he was speaking, the teachers of the religious law and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in the act of adultery. They put her in front of the crowd. "'Teacher,' they said to Jesus." This woman has been caught in an act of adultery. The law of Moses says to stone her. What do you think? They were trying to trap him into saying something they could use against him. But Jesus stooped down and wrote in the dust with his finger. They kept demanding an answer. So he stood up again and said, All right, but let the one who has never sinned throw the first stone. Then he stooped down again and wrote in the dust. When the accusers heard this, They slipped away, one by one, beginning with the oldest, until only Jesus was left in the middle of the crowd with the woman. Then Jesus stood up again and said to the woman, Where are your accusers? Didn't even one of them condemn you? No, Lord, she said. And Jesus said, Neither do I. Go and sin no more. I believe if people are brought to Jesus, Jesus will do the talking to them. We don't actually need to do that to them. Are we ready to sacrifice our time and our lives to those who need support? Are we ready to journey alongside those? To come alongside, to sacrifice our time and energy, our resources? Or are we too busy getting on with our lives? Pauline, can you show the next picture, please? So I'm not sure if anyone remembers this picture from the 2016 Rio Olympics. The New Zealand distance runner, the one that's on the left, um, runner Nicky Hamblin and the US soldier Abby DiGostino, were four laps to the end of their 5,000 metres in Rio when they collided. Can you imagine? You spent four years getting in peak physical fitness um, you spent all that time, all that energy denying yourself from your friends, doing things, the other things that you want to do, and it comes to a crash on the, um, on the racetrack. The New Zealand runner, Hamlin, stumbled and fell face forwards, causing a US competitor who was running directly behind her to hit the track as well, falling on the side of her body. Hamlin, the New Zealander... Um, fell on the floor in a fetal position, and the American then quickly jumped up and pulled the New Zealander to her feet. And they carried on. But moments later, the two athletes, um, the American D'Agostino, began faltering and a right leg injured as a result of the fall. In severe pain, D'Agostino fell again to the ground and crouched in pain on all fours. Now, this is the Olympics. It's not a little running track. Imagine what's going through your head. Hamlin stopped running, turned around to D'Agostino, and reached out with her two open arms, as you can see in the picture. The race and Olympic glory forgotten. Later in an in- interview, Hamlin said, when I look back to Rio 2016, I'm not going to remember where I finished. I'm not going to remember my time, but I'll always remember that moment. Sometimes, I guess, you have to remember... Trying to be a human being is more than that. If I hadn't waited for her or tried to help her, I would have been 10 or 15 seconds quicker. But what does that matter? Are we ready to put aside our our own priorities? It might be lots of valid reasons. But we need to stop and look at those around us. We don't have to support everyone, and nor can we. It would be overwhelming, and we'd end up broken as well. But I think if we're listening to God, then he naturally brings us alongside those in need, or provides those, if we're in need, provides those to come alongside us. We're living in a broken world. How are you and me going to survive this broken world and help others in this broken world? We need to acknowledge when we're broken, and address it, not leave it. We need to help others to come to the foot of the cross and to be still and know that I am God. Pauline, can you play the song, please?
1: I trust you to heal, I trust you to save, so I'll trust you enough, to get out of the way, to come where I am, to silence my doubt, so I'll forfeit my plans, and let yours play out, you are strong. you said first, beyond what I see, beyond how it hurts, whatever you ask, God, no matter how hard, the place of my brain. make things better than before you reconcile you resurrect you speak life over death you redeem you restore you make things better than before you reconcile you resurrect you speak life
0: Shall we just pray? Father, I just thank you that wherever we are on the journey, that you are alongside with us, that you have your arms around us, and that is there for everyone. Father, we just pray that you would help us to acknowledge the things that we need to acknowledge, Lord Jesus, to you, that, Father, that... Um, you'd bring alongside others to support those in need and that Lord we would also be a support for a broken world. Father I just give you thanks that you do bring healing, that you do bring restoration, that you do bring new life and that you are worthy to be followed. We just give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. And there's tea and coffee at the back there.